Hi, I'm Preeti Chibber. And I'm Jen Northington. And this is Tar Valen or Bust, a Wheel of Time podcast. It was as easy as falling off a boat into a school of silver pike. <laughs> so I, think I, I, also, love you. I also underline that line, I think. I love her so much. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. We are rereading the books in honor of the TV show adaptations release, talking about our favorite and not so favorite moments, and digging into all things Wheel of Time. And today we are talking about chapters 10 through 18 of New Spring, which I continue to want to call a new spring because yeah. a new hope. <laughs> I mean, they're both origin stories. Right? So, it, so many scans. similarities. So that's actually a lie. You're going to hear a note towards the end of the episode as to why this is actually just chapters 10 through 16. So if you're expecting chapter 17 and 18 in this episode, you're actually going to wait till the next one. We explain why later. <laughs> I just need to point out that we are like 260 some pages through a 380 page book and they still haven't met. Lynn, we still haven't met. I am. There's. I. <laughs> there is like a there is like a, a a flow to it because I do find myself like I had when I was finished reading these chapters yesterday I was like I want to keep going I yeah. I want to know what happened yeah. but there are definitely points where you're like why is this taking so long <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> uh, okay we have some pre-discussion notes before we get into yeah. this chunk of chapters uh, firstly we went on to another Wheel of Time podcast the, mm -hmm. the Black Tower guys were kind enough to invite us to come guest on their show and we talked about the TV show characters versus the book characters, and we wildly disagreed on certain points, <laughs> and we had a ton of fun. It was a good time. It was. It was It was very enjoyable. It was like... <laughs> It was like ours, which is a lot of laughing, yeah. not, not as much like my And some yelling and hand waving. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lots of flailing. <laughs> yeah, it was good times. Uh, so you should keep an eye out for that. I just, like, this is a stupid note, but I can't. No, but it, it already made me laugh because I can't wait to hear what you're going to say out loud. The book, this book is so obsessed with Moiraine being a prude. Like, super obsessed with her, like, not wanting to be naked oh in front gosh. of people. And, like, uh, then, like, her tests, they're, like, her clothes are disappearing. And then they, like, tell her that she's going to have to walk through the halls of the tower naked. And she's, like, freaking out. And I was I was remembering the moment when she goes into Ruidian and they're, like, well, you have to go naked. And she's, like, okay. And I was just, like, I guess I guess 20 years is long enough to get over that. So that's I good. Mean, do you know what that's called, Jen? What? It's called character development. <laughs> fair <laughs> the one the one thing that 20 i will allow that there's enough yes. time for to happen because yes. i listen i was still thinking about what we said about 20 years not being enough and like especially in this section too like yeah. they are so together all the time and i was like okay what happened 20 years ago i was like well high school at this point was more than 20 years ago for me and mm -hmm. i could, i absolutely remember who was besties like if i showed up at a reunion yes. I would, and people are like, oh, we don't talk anymore. I would be surprised. Like, that's not long enough it's for not, people to be like, not. Hmm, were they friends? Like, they were in each other's pockets all the time. And also just the notion of, like, we know she's 22 here now. Yeah. And so she's only, like, early 40s. Right. That's, yeah, no. <laughs> nope. 
Hard no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, like anybody knows what they're doing. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so let's see. More notes. Oh, right. So y'all heard us being confused about the relationship between Moiraine and Terengale, uh mm-hmm. in the previous section. And our patrons were kind enough to... Spell it all out for us. (laughs) So thank you to, I think a couple of patrons weighed in on this or tweeted at us. So thank you all. So, okay. So Moiraine is in fact aunt to Galad, Gawain, and Elaine because she is Terengale's half sister and Terengale is the father of those three people. Yes. Also... She is aunt to whoever Tigraine's kid is because Tigraine and Terengale had a kid together. We don't technically know that yet, although I have been spoiled, which is fine. Um, Also, I maybe half remembered it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is. I didn't. I don't. I barely remember who these people are. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So. So it's wild that this doesn't come up in the books, in the later books. It's such a specific call out and such a big part of this book that yeah. like in terms of wh- who she is, not not specifically that relationship, but her standing as a Damodred and what that means for her is such mm-hmm. a big deal in this book that it is very funny how minor it is in the ones we've read so far. Yeah. Like, this is, again, so we talked a lot about, like, where this book stands in terms of the publication history. And it's actually much more complicated than we said last time, mm-hmm. um, which is that it, like, started as a short story. Then it was printed as, like, a mini thing in, like, with a bunch of other uh, writers. And then it became the novella. And it was it was over the span of, like, six years. I want to yeah. say, like, 98 is where it started. And then mm. 2004 is when it officially was published so it is very interesting to see like the shift in in importance of where she stands yeah do you think this was like a little retconned and then and then jordan like it was like too late for him to go back and add it into the previous books because i agree somebody mentioned like elaine especially would know like elaine knows her bloodlines like she would know but it never comes up at least not in the books where we are so far yeah, and I guess someone else pointed out that Moiraine and Elaine don't really have a ton of interaction. Mm, mm. But especially when they're in tier, yeah, when Moiraine is super frustrated and everyone's really frustrated about yeah. Ran, yeah. as, <laughs> as always, as always, um, it, it that specifically it is surprising in that in that yeah part of the plot, it's surprising that it doesn't show up like Elaine we get plenty of Elaine POV mm-hmm. and plenty of Elaine thinking about Rand POV mm-hmm. and so it, it's a little it's yeah I wouldn't be surprised it's like a little retconny like yeah. just like a tiny Which is bit fine. it's fine it's, like it's fine. just we just need to say it out loud uh <laughs> oh right and speaking of it being complicated I think this is not the first time this has been pointed out uh to us either but um thank you again to our patrons for all of your lore and knowledge about everything. So apparently, right, this thing about Jordan planning to write three prequels. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this one was for Moiraine and Lan. And then one for Tam, like Tam going to two rivers, or leaving two rivers, becoming, you know, during during the war, finding Rand and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there were, like, all these stories that Jordan wanted to tell 
but people were so pissed off about <laughs> including New- us including us about new spring that it didn't have it which is like it's a sad story but i mm, yeah i you know i feel like on the one hand you can't be surprised that you stop the middle of a bulky series to like rewind like and people are upset like that's a non yes. that is not a shocker that's not a surprise no and then i do think also if you're a publisher like is it a money decision or is it because if it's just like public perception like i don't know there's a little bit of who cares in there it's like tell the story you want to tell but like it had to be a money thing i don't know this to me is i'm actually surprised that they were like yeah let's publish new spring before book 11 comes out um from tour because that to me feels like an like they're 10 books deep in the series what are they gonna do right tell the author no right no the author's like i'm excited about this i will like Mm -hmm. we're obviously gonna do the rest of the series but i want this book to come Mm -hmm. out first like and again like i don't know but that that like because that's a weird decision too to publish a prequel in the middle Mm -hmm. of your publication uh journey on the series as a whole is is strange you know it's a strange business decision yeah. And it's a strange storytelling decision. <laughs> um, maybe it was because it was like, I I don't know. How long of a wait was there between book 10 and book 11? No, I don't know off the top of my head, but. Because if we're thinking, you know, this was not back in, this was not when it sort of became a little more standard to be like, book a year, book a year. Yeah, yeah. Bananas. That's No, yeah, that's not reasonable, y'all. Like from, like, I know we want it, but it is not reasonable. And I authors. know people do it, but it's, yeah. it's super hard. It's like super yeah. difficult to do. It means you're writing multiple books at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if they were, he was like, well, I don't know when this is going to get done, but I have this like mm-hmm. short story that mm-hmm. could be turned into something and I would like to do prequels anyway. I would bet. I would bet that was, right yeah to keep the series in the conscious to like to right. like you know maintain give fans their, like, something give fans something maintain the like brand recognition yeah, like yeah, all yeah. of that stuff so yeah. i don't know there are plenty of reasons it could have happened right. i wish he could have continued to tell the stories he wanted to tell i know i know i wonder if we'll ever like did he leave enough notes that we could potentially like would they let another like a brandon sanderson or another writer use the notes to put them together. I don't know. I feel like maybe with the increased excitement, because like, didn't I have the world get back on the New York Times bestseller list? Yeah, or get I, back on, I on would a believe it. I bestseller know, list? I'm paying attention, but I would totally believe it. And not for nothing, there's like, like when you think about the Tolkien estate and how Christopher Tolkien had been publishing all of his dad's notes, mm-hmm. like, they, like even if they weren't completed or he would go in and complete them. So like there's absolutely pub- publishing precedent for it. There is. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if at some point down the line they like massage it into some kind of maybe it won't be Same. complete, but maybe it'll be like here are the like notes that Jordan had, like you can have them. Kind or of like an addendum, like, right? Or whatever. Yeah. Like um, a special edition or like exactly, exactly. I'm actually a little bit surprised McMillan hasn't already gotten on this. Yeah. Right, like a little bit shocked that like in there and but uh, the other side of it is I think they're very um, conscious of his like whoever's Mm. handling the Jordan estate, which is I believe his his wife. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Harriet. Harriet. They're very thoughtful about 
what they release and what they don't. And, mm-hmm. and there is this like very deep care of story. So uh, who knows? Yeah. Anyway, we got really in the weeds on that. But Sorry. That's how we roll. <laughs> that's how we roll. Us in the weeds? Shocking. What? I can't believe it. Um, I did very briefly want to mention of like this was another thing that I I think we were both confused by, which is the poisonous as peaches oh line. <laughs> as second. sure as peaches were poison. In is like that a wheel of time world thing? So that was in again, our patrons who are amazing were like, Yeah, Jordan decided the entire peach was just poisonous. <laughs> in this world he just decided it i missed that i missed that comment I thank you think, patrons yeah i don't think we knew that like no I it might have been like he said it in a talk or in a short story or like somewhere right, right. or maybe later on down the line did he but... just hate peaches and he was like you know what it's my world i've decided <laughs> peaches are bullshit Pe- peaches suck peaches are the worst no one should eat them <laughs> That's amazing. That's maybe my favorite fact I've ever learned about this series. (laughs) Is that Robert Jordan was like, you know what? Fuck peaches. Fuck peaches. Oh, that's good. All right. Now now let's get. Now let's talk. Let's talk. So, chapter 10. Um, Guess what? This should have been part of the previous chapter. <laughs> no shit. So we get, we're back in Moirena's doing her test. She's at the 99th weave. Um, again, there's like, sometimes she was naked. Sometimes she uh-huh. wasn't. Sometimes because, there like, were scary men. Sometimes there were serpents. You're like, okay. Um, And so it's just sort of like a page and a half. Not even. It's probably about a single page of like what the rest of the test looks like. And the last... A uh, piece of the test is her father coming out and trying to be like, your mom's dying. You should say something. And Moiraine has to sort of like bypass him and mm-hmm. deny herself that, which is pretty sad and cruel. Yeah. Um, and that's it. She does it. Like, there's no real sense that she's not going to do it. Like, no, there's no really no. sense of like drama there. She just kind of is like, I love you. Please tell mom I love her. And then like walks off into the light. Yeah. It's it absolutely should have been part of the last chapter, but it's fine, whatever. Uh, so let's see. So then she stumbles out of the Terangrial. She's greeted with you know the formal uh, situation. They heal her. She's like not sure that she passed, which is confusing to me a little bit. But I guess I guess they make such a big deal out of like you have to be calm the whole time and yeah. And they say, like, oh, don't worry. Uh, if, if like, blushing was it, no one would pass. But she does make note that, like, when she comes out that um, Elena leaves. Mm-hmm. Which in a huff. Kno- in, yeah. in a huff, basically. It's fair. The, even knowing what we know, know. about Elena, it's very confusing. Yeah, some um, people were also commenting on that. Like, well, Elena's whole like thing is to see the tower as strong as possible so that's why she would push two potentially like powerful accepted really hard but like it 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 as this person noted and as we were saying it doesn't really explain everything else about her it so. doesn't explain what happens here right Where, no so she's like like she should be happy she should be happy and this notion of like uh this this struck me where you know she's like getting she she has these sisters around her. Maureen is like thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, she realized that Maureen had not been a part of the test, um, at, even though she was mistress of uh, novices or whatever, and was there. But Aleda 
she thinks had tried to make her fail harder than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Or because the other sisters are sort of making comments that make Moiraine mm-hmm. realize this, which I was like, so the sisters are in a position to dictate what the test is, which is super weird. Like, I didn't understand that that was how I mean, I guess Tara and Griel work however they work. But like, that seems a little like, especially with the accepted test being so like, nobody knows if it's real or not. Like, nobody knows, you know, well, I guess maybe the accepted test. They don't do that. But for the yeah. sister test they do because the well, sister test mm. and it, they've set the test in this situation like they have said these are the weaves you have to do yeah. you have to like never break calm so you would have to be observing but it seems really gross that they're like making up horrible torturous cruel, yeah. like yeah assaulty tests for their fellow like that's gross it was gross and weird and confusing yeah. and i was just like why like, there's a lot of stuff about the tower politics in this section that I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. what? what? I have you- several what the fucks for later <laughs> on as well. Yeah. Um, and so- it goes back and forth between being kind of silly and being really reprehensible. Like, yes. this whole pie situation. Like, wh- well, I- what? And the- the- <laughs> Yeah, the pie situation was weird, but it was very like that. Was, I was like, fine, that's like a little bit of like, like we were talking about last time where I was like, that makes this feel like a boarding school story. That makes right. this feel like well, it's a more human. It's yeah, it's like creating the tower is a real place. It's like whiplashy though to go it back is. and forth between like they're deliberately putting her in situations where she's making traumatizing choices or experiencing yeah. traumatizing things also make me a pie. Like I just right. don't, okay. I don't so, know what to think about this. There is like this sort of incongruous, like incongruous thing where he is having to balance the white tower he created in the series. Yeah. In the, the mainline series, which is this sort of like symbol and it's fallible, but it's fallible in a very high reaching way. Right. 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 It's, it's fallible, not in the way where it, it's not like a human fallibility. It's like a political fallibility mm-hmm. in um, the tower itself. I mean, whereas here he has to make it a very real lived in place that exists in a way that children like teenagers can come right. and be in school. Right. And right. so. There are things, though, that, like, legitimately don't make sense (laughs) from the perspective of, like, if your goal is this, why are you doing that? Right. Right. And, like, I know they talk a lot about, like, how, like, they make it as hard as possible for you to. Yes. To, to, you know, get through it because your life as an Aes Sedai is going to be so hard and the pressures are so great. So, like, okay, but, like, this just seems a step beyond to me yeah it was just it's strange of like why would you teach them one thing why would you treat them one way if then like the goal is to get the shawl and then you can do da 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 but we learned that is not the case Mm -hmm. very quickly Mm -hmm. um okay so she's let's let's move along (laughs) she's uh (laughs) kind of like following she's you know in the throes of the like end of this thing and she's thinking about you know what this means and like what this means for her relationship with her fellow accepted which Mm. is basically she's like well we can't be friends anymore until they get the shawl you know um she knows that she she finds out that suan has been taken for her test because she was like so excited to see Mm -hmm. (laughs) suan of course (laughs) 
Um, and there's this like line where she's like, okay, what she's supposed to spend the night in contemplation. Right. And she's like, I'm gonna read my romance novel. <laughs> I really need Hearts of Flame to exist I know as a fix somewhere. Same. I like I'm sure it does. I'm gonna go looking for it at some point. But if you are aware of one that's good, please tell us. Please tell us. Please tell us because we want to read it and see. But the one that's good though. Yeah, one that's good. Um, but this is so like so then Suen comes out and Suen, this is where she says yes. the line <laughs> that we opened the episode with. <laughs> Because Moran is like, did you? And Stuan's like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's a pretty cute moment for the mm -hmm. two of them where she's like, we're, we did it together. Right. right. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then they decide they're going to prank Aleda, which <laughs> I love. But this is where I was like a little frustrated because I was like, oh, that's the whole chapter. Right. Like, right. But the last chapter, I realized why they ended it the way they did. Like, why Jordan ended, like, in the midst of the test is, like, a great cliffhanger. But I was like, you did that just for the cliffhanger. Yeah. This did not warrant its no. own chapter. It's a 10-page chapter of nothing. It's a nothing burger of a it chapter. It is a nothing burger Like, she chapter. she got through it. Okay. Great. Elite is the worst. Continued. Like, cool. Cool. Anyway, uh, chapter 11. So then, so, right. So this is, this cracked me up, too. They... They do. They prank Alita. Yes. And we don't find out immediately what happened with that. So I'll save that <laughs> for when we get there. But like she's just thinking about how she wishes she and Suan could be waiting for the next stage together. And mm -hmm. then but they're not supposed to be. Yeah. And then because the, this is the point where they choose their Aja. So. Yeah. So she's like putting all her stuff away. All these sisters show up one from each Aja and Ugh, including Aleda. <laughs> and she kind of has this moment where she's like, I'm going to be an Aes Sedai now. Like, there's no way Aleda can ever get me ever again because now we're of equal standing, which again, we very soon find out that that's not the case. Mm -hmm. um, and so they're like escorting her. It's like, you know, um, then they bring uh, Suhan out. Mm -hmm. So again, together. 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 Uh, which is, and it's just the two of them. Just the two of them. And it's like not done. Right. This no. is not like the norm. Mm -hmm. um, they go to see the Amaralyn seat, Tamara, to kind of go through the whole thing. Right. Um, but they like literally they say their teachers never brought up the matter, the matter of precedence. Perhaps they had never expected the two of them to march this far in complete lockstep because they mm -hmm. don't know who's meant to go first. They don't <clears throat> like even Tamara's like, uh. <laughs> Right. And and Moiraine and Suan have plotted yeah. that they're going to do everything simultaneously. So they say their names, like they are answering Tamara's questions at the same time in concert on purpose. And the Aes Sedai like, are like, well, I guess this is happening. And, you know, there's a couple moments where they there's a couple of things they have to do one at a time. So like going through this Terra Angriel that's not wide enough for two people. Yeah. And then holding the oath rod. And so they've like in previous worked out like Moiraine will step through the Terra like, Angriel first, but like Suan or, or, or vice, whichever, versa. vice versa. Yeah. Suan will go through first, but then Moiraine is going to take the oath first and like but then they they do everything together. They pick the same Aja. Like there's no way people are not going to remember right? this 20 it is years wild. later. Um, I will say I really liked this part of how the odes were described. Like when yes. she takes the odes, I thought that was really cool. Like not just like the tightness mm -hmm. of the skin, but literally Moiraine going through of like what it feels like 
to try to lie and what it feels like. She's like, I can think a lie, but I can't say it. And so we get this really great perspective Mm -hmm. on what happens to like literally what happens to the body when you agree to these oaths. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the, yeah, the physicality of it. I love Mm -hmm. that. I love that. I thought it was very, very interesting. And And sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it's also, again, very clear that they were drawing on this for the show because, yes. you know, you see like this net settle and squeeze Moiraine when she takes the oath for exile. Oh and so I was like, oh, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. That is so good. <laughs> so clearly. So I, I thought that was well done. I love that we get a Leanne entry, too. Yeah. Leanne is in here. And I was like, oh, there she is. Hi, Leanne. What's up? <laughs> yeah and that she's been I said I longer than them yeah yeah also like, interesting. that was kind of funny too to see like mm-hmm. how again like how young they are and how they are presented as these sort of much older much more experienced beings in the mainline series and yeah. here you're like tw- like you said 20 years is not that long like yeah. if I saw one of my teachers from yeah. high school like I would still be like, "Hey, Mister Moo Moo Moo." Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Um. So there's some more of Moiraine thinking about how great Suen is. <laughs> so much. So, so much, much of that. that. Um, oh my and- goodness! And then we get to the pie situation. Well, oh well, so they choose their ajas. Right? They choose their aja, which I I also liked the sort of like um, perspective Moiraine's bringing to the different ajas. Like I. I like that she's like the blue sought to right wrongs, which is not the same as seeking justice like greens and grays. Mm. Um, we get like Varen. We get some more Varen in there. Yes, yes. But yeah, it's like it's this is interesting, though not necessary. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It was like, I want you to know these things. So I'm going to put oh, them in here. I mean, this whole book honestly felt to me like that's what it's like. Hey, did you ever wonder this about the tower? Yeah. Let me tell you. And which is, you know, fine. Fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so but yeah, it, doesn't, then, it does slow things down significantly. It it genuinely does. And so then we get this point where they're just like with the weird pie stuff and like, <laughs> The whole notion of like you're gonna have to walk through the tower naked. Yeah, I do love Rafaela for being like I'm trying to bring back the old. Stuff. I know, and Liam being like, "Give over." Yeah, it's just stop trying to make fetch happen. Like it's not. A thing. Yeah, it was pretty funny. That's yeah, great. Um... I, I also like this motion of like Leanne talking. Is it Leanne who says like? Um... <laughs> And the greens, some greens have a dot, 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 rough, dot, dot, dot sense of humor. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? I know. I know. Oh, I don't know. Like, yikes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. There's a lot of blushing. Everybody's there's a lot blushing. of blushing. There's a lot. This is where it's like, there's not much to necessarily say here. No. Because it's just like a lot of lore. Like we said, I did like this moment of Suen being like, I have a question. <laughs> Do we actually have to bake a lot? Right. I'm not good at it. Right. <laughs> There's like a, a line about, you know, um, I said die and marrying and how it's frowned upon. And Moiraine's kind of like, yeah, I get it. Like, that doesn't seem like it could end anyway, but poorly. And then they're like walking into t- the the uh, tour- towards where the blue Aja live. Mm-hmm. They're going into the quarters, the blue Aja quarters. Um, 
And then we're in chapter 12. And then they, yeah, so they get there. Everybody's, like, hugging them. It's actually very nice for it's a minute. It's cute. It's yeah, we, cute, right? It's really sweet. We get this description of what it's like, like, the decorations and mm -hmm. stuff. Also, again, they, like, prepared rooms for them right next to each other because they were pretty sure that they'd want to be next to each other. It's, there's a lot of, like, so, yes, like, again, more of the same. Yes. Um, there's a lot of descriptions of, like, other... Aes Sedai, like mm. more blue yes. Aes Sedai, which some I remember, some I don't. Like Anaya, I know we know, yes, but I, yes, don't, we know. I don't remember how. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say I, I got a little lost in all this, like the first selector. Yeah, it was a little bitter. And I was like, I don't understand what any of these people the, do. I, I saw it very much as like the first selector is like the head of house. And the sitter, oh. the sitter is like... There's like the head of house and then there's like the head boy and head girl. Right. Right. So I saw like the head of house is one person and the head girl is a different person, but they have the same for both. But it also, right? it's something to do with an ability. Like, because on the bottom we of We blues like to once, make full use of ability. Exactly. So that there's an implicate. And then they say, like, oh, we'll find out, you know, what your abilities are. And, like, we'll make sure we use them. And it's like, so there's some ability attached to being first selector. But, but I, it, since we don't know what first selector does, it's, I don't. But anyway. I think the ability, I was reading that as, like, particular talents, whether that talent is, like, you know, Moiraine, like, Suan is good at puzzles, right? That's what. I was thinking that as is just like, do you have the characteristics that would fit I this see. role? I see. Is how I, but I, I mean, I, it's very much not clear. No, no, which but is fine, except that fine. if you're going to put it in there, tell me what the hell it is. So, like, Edith is this person who is the right, it's Edith yes, is Edith. the, the mm -hmm. first selector and a sitter. A sitter. Mm -hmm. Um, but we don't really get any sort of like sense of who she is really we no, only no. see her like three times i want to say yeah um but i do i this is sort of the beginning of moiraine's like itching like real itching to leave mm -hmm. like she is like i did it now i want to get the hell out of here yeah because yeah. i think her assumption was the minute she was a sister she would have full control over her own destiny right and right. quickly finding that that is not the case there's also there's this moment um with cabriana who's taking them to their rooms it's on page 170 in my copy but i know you have a different copy um where she's like nervous that they're in, like yeah. and <sighs> we find out why this is but moiraine is very confused she's like we're all sisters like why is she being so weird like why is she deferring to us like we're brand new and like whatever. like we've been here for two seconds the ruffles thing cracked me up though that anaya has like decorated their room and like <laughs> like it's like lace and doilies and my like, hates ah. it she hates it so much and she actually has to like give an eyes to die answer about it because that's how much she hates it but she can't lie i love it she's like she tried to say the rooms were very nice but her tongue refused to form the lie so she says these are more than addicts. <laughs> Cracked me up. <laughs> well, I, I really love this Moiraine so much. I have to oh, say, yes. like, I this is like plucky YA heroine <laughs> yes. Moiraine. Yeah, yeah. 
right? Like she's making not great decisions. She's mm-hmm. like falling into traps of her own making. Yes, sometimes yes. And she's complaining and just <laughs> I just love her. I just love her a lot. It's great. She's, great. she's so cute. <laughs> oh, and she puts her uh her blue gem, her Cassiera back oh, on. Oh yeah. She finally gets to we find out why. And also she's thinking about secrets like nobody in the tower knows that she has this like thing that she figured out with it um mm-hmm. maybe other people have secrets so of course Nynaeve is like secrets let's let's or excuse me Moiraine is like let's I need to know all of the secrets right <laughs> I so, love it yeah There's so like then they l- get called in to to Edith who's gonna explain some shit to them and uh, this this is where things get really weird to me it's very strange right like it's she says so Edith comes in everyone's being really weird there's like everyone's got this like distasteful look on their face like the the Aes Sedai who takes them to Edith Edith themselves my is like the fuck is happening right there's like I want to point out really quickly though there's um a description of Edith's room specifically like a pair of crystal figures a man and a woman those oh, are yes. those yes, are yes. Um, like Angriel those are right? Angriel yeah like 100% the very least. they have to be mm-hmm. yep um, and so Moiraine keeps this re- repeating this refrain to herself of be silent, listen, and observe. And then we get this whole thing about how it's like so rude to talk about the relative strength of sisters. However, it also dictates the hierarchy of mm-hmm. sisters. And, and that it, they're supposed to defer to the point of like obedience to people yeah. who are stronger than them and vice versa. And like the I, I'm like, okay, fine. But the fact that they're all like ready to vomit talking about it is the part I don't understand. That like, and it doesn't hold for yeah. twenty years later. Oh, is that right? If I, I don't know, it like doesn't make sense to me because Moiraine brings it up like eight thousand times of how strong Nynaeve and Elaine and Egwene are. Well, but like, they're not Aes Sedai yet. I know, but it's like she says: for six years, you have been taught that the second greatest rudeness is to speak directly of someone's strength in the one power. Oh, I see what you mean. I don't know. I found this like very out of left field. Yeah. I there's so many things I don't understand about it. Like everybody's extreme like physical aversion yeah to it but also reliance on it I just kind of I don't it's it yeah I don't understand what the I don't understand what the like plot purpose of that is it's I guess so, no like, perhaps later you. on it makes a thing happen but like right now I'm just kind of like mm. it seems convenient yeah um like it was like I thought it was I, I think it's absurd. Like the whole thing to me is absurd. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense why they wouldn't teach that to begin with and why they're like yeah. surprising them with it mm-hmm. when they get the shawl because it feels like, well, you're you're sort of preparing them to fail a little bit. Yeah. And like if because if it's that much of a big deal, like I get it if they're like, this is a this is this is something you should think about. Mm-hmm. But they're like, literally, this is how you have to act. Like, this is what is expected. This is what is correct. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which I also don't like because then it's like a, it's like, well, if that's the way the strength of the power is described to us is that it can't, like that level of strength is something that is an inherent ability. It is Mm -hmm. not necessarily something that is learned. Right. And so now I doubly don't like it because it means like the way you are is the way you are. There's Mm -hmm. no way out of it. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, right. There's this line about Moiraine thinking about like when she reaches her full strength and like that everybody reaches their full strength and it's like a straight line to like Mm -hmm. your development. So yeah, like whatever you do, it's gonna happen. You're right. I hate it. You have you have like a cap. I know. Like I don't I don't like that at all. I think that's that's really shitty. You know what? You're right though. Also, it feels weird when we think about how Elaine and Nynaeve and Egwene learn different ways to use the power because of their adventures and how like they get much stronger at certain things than is normal. And I guess we could say, well, they always had that capacity. It's just being brought out of them in these different ways. But it does feel like in the mainline books, there's like room to grow. Yes. Well, so is that then, is this just another example of right. the tower's fallibility? Oh, ooh. Ooh, juicy, Preeti. <laughs> Which, like, fine if it is. Yeah, but it's but not presented that way. It's not presented that way. And it's 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 strange that we would see, and I, I actually, the, now when I'm thinking about it, I do think that is meant to be what it is, that the tower is so beholden to its Mm. own rules and its own hierarchy and its own issues that that is, we see the roots of how what eventually happens to Suan happens um, in this book. But that said, then it's like, why were they, how did they become so powerful if if this is the level of of absurdity with which they comport themselves? And so... It's a mess. And it's, and it's not presented as like tower mythology. It's presented as fact. So that's, that's also tricky. Um, yeah. From like an authorial presentation standpoint. But then it sort of lends itself to some of our interpretation of where the show handles the tower's right. perspective on things, right? right. Which is it, it is immensely fractured and fallible, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. how it's presented in this book. Yep. But I do think there is some discord in the in-world public perception yes. of the tower yes. and what the actuality is. Yeah, yeah. Because we don't see how they became what they are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Worked through, <laughs> worked through my feelings a little bit. Good, good. I That's still great. hate it. <laughs> yeah, still hate it. Still hate it. So, yeah, so they get told this and, like, warned that, like, if they don't follow this, they'll be assigned penance. Like, it's a whole situation. And, like, real penance, right? When yeah. I hate this, like, mortification of the spirit and mortification of the flesh. Yeah. Like, Ew. No, and I hate when it comes up again in a later bit here. Yes, um, it, it's very aggressive. But, like, so Moiraine also hates this. Yes. And is, like, so what happens if one of us is stronger. Like, mm-hmm. what happens between me and Suan? Like, I don't want to think about that. And, right. like, she thinks, like, at what point does deference become obedience? Like, basically, mm-hmm. she is super frustrated because she had been led to believe when she gets the shawl, she mm-hmm. gets to make her own choices. Yep. Yep. All right. So Suan and Moiraine are talking it through together. They're going back to their rooms. And then Satalia Delarm shows up. It cracked me up. This is so, <laughs> it's so weird. She's, She's like, like, okay, here's a puzzle. <laughs> like, tell me what you think it means. And yeah. like, she calls she calls Moiraine a pretty little porcelain doll. And Moiraine's like, I will fucking murder you. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> 
<laughs> so good. Um, but yeah, and Suan solves the puzzle even though she doesn't know the mm-hmm. actual thing, whereas Moiraine like could have solved it but didn't. And so Satalia like hauls her off, which is yeah. Yeah, and and there she like takes her off and is like, You have to come do this stuff with me. And so Moiraine's like, Well, shit, okay. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like thinking about like I wanted to go. I loved this moment where she was like, it would be so exciting if I was the one who found <laughs> the dragon reborn, basically. Yep. <laughs> like, what if I find the baby and then I get to tell Tamara? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and you're like, oh girl. Oh that's amazing. Um, I will say that we get a Sue and POV. Yeah, yeah, which doesn't I don't think that's ever happened nope. before, right? We've never had well, a Sue and POV. In, not in this book, no. No, not in this yeah, book. Yeah, no. yeah. No, we have not had one. And it made me laugh really hard. Because <laughs> yeah. So it's like, this fucking sucks. I fucking hate everything. <laughs> Just like constant cursing, like bloody Satalia's bloody <laughs> voice. <Yes. laughs> I know. I do love how as soon as she gets the shawl, she's like, I'm going to say and think whatever I want. You can't stop me. And you're like, yep, that's Suin. That's I love Suin. her so much. She's so mad. And she's yes. just like, you suck so bad. Yeah. And so she goes looking for Moiraine. Yeah, after, like, Satalia basically is like, I'm going to need you. You're going to have to do what I say, yeah. essentially. So you're going to be my secretary. Yeah, you're going to be my, like, secretary, assistant, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love this, like, again, like, ugh, girlfriends. Yes. The sight of Moiraine always made her smile. Mm-hmm. Satalia had been wrong in one particular. She was not a pretty little porcelain doll. Oh, she yes. was a beautiful little porcelain doll. Oh, no. You're like, you're all right. Like, uh i will say there's this moment um where she, she finds moiraine mm-hmm. and <laughs> moiraine had been called to see the amerlin right mm-hmm. and she was like maybe this is my chance like maybe she's gonna just do whatever but we found out that like tamra basically just puts moiraine on more clerical duties yep yep and moiraine is like furious about it like this is so ya to me where moiraine has these like great expectations of adventure and excitement mm-hmm. and the power the like authority figure in her life comes in is like <laughs> I think not but then Suin, for you <laughs> Suin goes blood and bloody ashes she tested the words on her tongue uh there would be no switchings now for speaking like herself like we were saying and mm-hmm. I was like man I would kill for like a young Suan and a young Matt conversation (laughs) like they are so similar to me (laughs) in just this aggressive like i'm gonna do what i want yeah no one's gonna like no one's gonna hold me down (laughs) yeah that's amazing yeah so right so moiraine is in charge of distributing the bounty tamara is like oh you're not doing anything else why don't you do right (laughs) and suan is telling moiraine about like satalia um you know what she has her doing and Moiraine immediately figures out that Satalia is in charge of like the eyes and ears network mm-hmm. and Suan's like shut up don't nobody's gonna they're gonna yell at us if we <laughs> talk about that um and then Moiraine tells Suan and this is so interesting that we get this from the Suan POV yeah that that uh that they're trying to put her on the sun throne and Suan is like you think a really good queen I know. It's really cute, but I think the reason 
my my thought process behind why it's through Suen's POV is because we get so much of it. We know mm-hmm. Moiraine's stance oh, on yeah, it, right? Totally. So it's getting the perspective of someone who knows Moiraine very, very well, mm-hmm. at least. Yeah, and Moiraine is so upset and depressed about this, and Suen is like, "We're gonna figure it out," and and she's even surprised that she can say it. Like, you know, we'll find a way out, and the first oath like lets her say it, even though it doesn't seem like there is a way out. So that was really lovely. Then they kiss. Yeah, I mean, this, they they straight up kiss. This is a legit, and it's and there's a page break. Like you that you don't just leave that That's hanging a fade there to black to not. Call classic, attention to classic, it. Classic, classic YA tool. I continue to black. I continue to be astonished, as you said, that anybody is surprised about the choice the show made because it's so. It's not even subtext at this point. It's, it's literally text. text. It's text. Suen could have kissed her. In fact, she did. Break. Text. Come on, come on now, come on. Um, we we did so. I think the other reason we get this from Suan's point of view is that we can get a little more information from Moiraine that she wouldn't think to herself because she oh, already knows it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we get this conversation about like uh, her grandmother or her great grandmother, great grandmother, hmm. uh, Carwin, who is in Moiraine's head because she like ruled for 50 years, but it was through like pretty violent means let's yeah. say yeah um so we just get a little bit more of like why moiraine is like so distrustful and and finds the concept so awful mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then we get to back land. to land it only took us 180 pages <laughs> i i stand by my assertion though that the tone shift would be too much i you know and it does make more sense because eventually they're gonna meet each other and Mm -hmm. we're starting the point where that actually could happen because they can't meet each other until Moiraine is at a full ice yeah like there's it's I mean they could but like there's no reason to there's no reason to and it would shift the power dynamics between them if we met her at a point at which she was not as powerful as she um not I guess not as powerful but not in in a kind of standing Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 Uh, so yeah, back to Lan, and it's they're like at Dragon Mount, or they can see Dragon Mount, I guess. Yeah, right? they're near the spine of the world, and they are. Or no, no, he says like, "Are those the spine of the world?" Oh, right. And <laughs> Arafelin is like, "That's Kinslater's dragon or dagger, dummy." Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, <wow. your> mountains. <laughs> don't you know anything? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Bukama's complaining because I guess they're following the Aiel into the mountains. And mm-hmm. I guess paid this are like shout out to Pedro Niel, who's up here. Yeah, boo. Um, they're like hoping he doesn't choose to fight the Aiel in the mountains because that would be bad news, bears. And mm-hmm. he and Lan are like negotiating because Lan wants to go back to the borderlands, and Bukama's like, let's take a vacation, <laughs> like, let's take a break. <laughs> It's really funny. And they like, Lan's like, uh, one month. And Bukama's like, eight months, a year. And, and Lan's like, like, fine, four months. <laughs> they settle on it. Um, There's like a little bit of like, who gets to tell the story? Yeah. Like, they're calling it this great victory when the Isle just kind of were like, peace, we're out. Bye. Bye. Um, and Lan is kind of recognizing that. But everybody, he's like frustrated mm. a little bit because he says like, they're calling it a great victory. At least those who had not fought were the hangers on and bystanders. And the historians already writing as if they knew everything. Mm-hmm. 
But Lan's like, whatever, I don't care. I have another war that I have to go to. Yeah. My yeah. own personal war. Um, it's a very short Lan POV, basically mm-hmm. just to reassert that, right? Right. Like, hey, do you remember Lan? Here's what he's up to. Here's what he's doing, and this is what's happening. And I do this is another point where I was like, this the end of the last line of this where it's um, Lan did not speak at all unless <laughs> Bukama addressed him. He felt the pull of home sharply. All he wanted was to return to the blight. And then there's a sentence that says, and no encounters with the eyes to die. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense here, <laughs> no. except that you need to set something up for something later. Yeah. And it just feels very convenient. And I really wish they hadn't included it. I It made me think of how in the books, Nynaeve hates the eyes to die for like no reason. And <laughs> how the show gave her a reason. I'm like, oh, is this Lan's version of hating the I said I for no maybe reason. and like we're not gonna get a reason it's just gonna be like the I said I are not to be trusted we don't trust them <sighs> the end I really feel like they just put this in because they needed to build tension for when you know right. my rain and land are gonna meet right like this is where I was like I can see the thought process behind the line and it is all in service of creating a false sense of tension mm-hmm. which mm-hmm pissed me off a little bit yeah totally Uh, you don't need this there's already tension (laughs) yeah and then we get a trip to the bank (laughs) it's cracked me up (sighs) chapter 13 so uh suan and moiraine are like doing their new jobs and you know settling into like what it you know their quarters and everything um and then edith the first selector slash sitter lady brings them in to give them their stipend like their salary i guess yeah and she's like okay here's your money which is a lot for suan and moiraine is like oh yeah another day another dollar like nbd um and then we get this whole situation where Moiraine goes to the bank and I am so confused about some of this like plot situation here. Um, well, the game of houses is just, I never, I hate the game of houses I because don't, nothing ever makes sense to I me. I know, but very, I actually want to rewind a little bit oh, because okay. I want to talk a little bit about the, the, I thought it was kind of cool and interesting that Robert Jordan was like, I'm going to bring the idea of like financial security into this. I'm going to bring the notion of like who you trust with your money and who you don't. Mm. Um, and I liked Suan. I was like big millennial energy. Yes. Oh, totally. Well, she's right? like, she grew up poor. Yeah, she does so not have money. Suan was like, I am not going to risk any of this. I'm going to put it where I know where it is. I'm going to mm-hmm. know what it, I know how much it is, blah, blah, blah. Whereas Moiraine is like, you have to have the appearance of power. You have to like, you know, whatever. And I just, I thought it was like kind of cool. Like I really appreciated that, that level of detail because yeah, I think yeah. that is a true character. Oh, absolutely. Moment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just funny to see it from Moiraine's POV because it's like, she's not necessarily, she has like, you know, she doesn't truly get it mm-hmm. for why. Like She's like, Sue, and, you know, this is an immense amount of sum for her. So she's, like, doing this and this and this. But she's also, like, a little condescending about it. Oh, yes. 100%. She doesn't really get it. Because, of course, she doesn't. Like, that's not her experience. Yeah. So she's like, safety alone concerns Sue, and it seemed like a banking house old enough to have loaned gold to Arter Hawkwing could not be challenged in that regard <laughs> by the first bank founded after the breaking. And you're like, okay, All relax. Right. Calm Relax. Down. Stop trying to get Suan into crypto. Like it's I fine. Know. Oh. 
Stop. <laughs> That's funny. Um, <laughs> I'm so tired of hearing about crypto. I, I know. So Please, let's not. let's, let's not. not. Anyway, so she goes to the bank and she has this banker who she's been banking with for forever. Yes, who I and, like, I'm, I actually quite like. Oh yeah, the banker's great. She's like an excellent character. She's interesting. Um, she like there's this whole sort of uh acknowledgement that Moiraine has come up in the world but that they still have a long-standing relationship mm -hmm. so the way that they discuss things with each other and the amount of like politeness and Moiraine thinking like well you have to defer your to your banker in x mm -hmm. y and z ways it's like very I I liked that interaction yes but and then we... oh go ahead go ahead oh I was just gonna say and then we find out that the the banker had sent her a letter and Moiraine that Moiraine did not, did get, not get. Yeah, Moiraine did not get the letter. I actually, I liked this a lot. I liked this. I thought it was a very exciting plot point of this notion of like actively, like Moiraine having to actively contend with how difficult this might be actually. Like getting out of the the clutches of the tower in the sense of like, she's like, oh, I understand why they didn't want me to know about this letter because it turns out there was a man who came right yeah so yes so there's a dude who comes and asks to find out like he presents a fake letter from the Amerlin saying like I want to see Moiraine's books mm -hmm. and the the banker knows the Amerlin's signature and also that's like not how shit works so she imprisons him but he gets away mm -hmm. and Moiraine then is like trying to put together like wh who sent him and why and this is where I get a little lost like okay so is it that he was from other Kerhianan houses that wanted that heard that maybe the sun tower that that the tower was gonna try to set Moiraine up and like we're trying to figure out how she was spending her money. I think the implication here, the the important implication here is that Moiraine finds out that the tower has made moves further along than what she had thought, because she says the only reason the tower would have held back the mistress's letter is that the hall hoped to lull her into thinking they had decided against putting her on the sun throne, but they had made their first moves or rather since they would have been careful as thieves trying to cut a well-guarded lady's purse, many more than the first mm. enough for someone to puzzle out their intention. And so the key here is like that. Yeah. Some, we know that the game of the, the great game, whatever the game of houses, whatever dice armor is being played in Karahian and, and, that it's a violent, often bloody, murderous game. And so twofold is that she has some, like someone is coming after her and the plot to put her on the sun throne is much further along than she might have anticipated. Okay. Well, that makes more sense to me when you explain it that way. <laughs> that's, that's what I think. I'm so confused. Uh, and then, okay, so we go to the bank. Now she's like, well, I need more dresses. Like, I this is not. Oh, yeah. So this is the whole part where I, so I texted you yesterday yeah. or day before um, while I was reading. Moiraine gives me such big Phaedra energy yeah. in this book. So Cushiel's Dart yes. is a series that Jen and I both desperately love by Jacqueline Carey. Mm -hmm. And if you have read it, you're going to understand what I'm about to say. <laughs> But 
Phaedra and Jocelyn in the first book of Cushiel's Dart are Lan and Moiraine in <laughs> New Spring. <laughs> yeah, it's you're not wrong. You're not wrong. It I is very. Yeah, I yeah, I I'm now I'm thinking more. I was just thinking about that like I was mostly just thinking about the relationship comparison, but now I'm thinking specifically about Mo like Moiraine and Phaedra, and yeah. it's so true. Like they're spies, they like know the value of appearance. They like have they're constantly calculating like who is going to do what and like oh, this and that. And they want to gonna... be further along than they yes. are. Yes, they're they very ambitious. Like they want yeah. to be at the. They want to be getting the information. Mm -hmm. They want to be like the person having the adventure, having the adventure, yeah. and then you have like jocelyn who's so honor bound <laughs> and duty bound and yeah. like the warrior and whatever and uh -huh. then lan <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so true and they're both like raised in this very specific tradition mm -hmm. and expert swordsmen oh my goodness it's that's wild. they're the same it's the same it i know i mean it's not the same but it's the same but it's the same, it's the same. i know i like have this note where i'm like my <laughs> because what made me think of it is the first time she goes to see the atelier and um yeah because in in the yeah. art series and right. and and the importance of working with this person mm -hmm. who is like a little like who's aware of their own talent i will say again though i got a little lost in here about like how like it was very confusing. This, like, very complicated like well oh no she was gonna like make her wear this color and she was only gonna get these dresses first because they had offended her by suan asking this and then but that's okay because and i was like i you have lost me well like, yeah i am like lost here i don't understand what's happening the version in kushiel's dart makes sense because yeah. the the um the the woman who's the character whose name I can't remember right now, uh, who is the like seamstress, who is the designer, is immensely talented, but follows through on that talent and doesn't like antagonize. Like she doesn't yeah. antagonize her customer. She is like, you better recognize what my time and my talent yes. is worth, essentially. Here, it feels very like. I am going to antagonize you and yeah. do things that would be considered actually bad business. Right. But you don't have a choice. But you don't have a choice. Except that they do. But they do have a choice. I don't understand it. I yeah, it was a little. And like why the colors are so important. Like I get it. Robert Jordan is like I get he's always talking about the slashes. But like I anyway, it doesn't matter. It does. It genuinely doesn't matter. Yeah, this was like a lot of time spent on something that didn't need to be this much really time, doesn't. which was basically like Suen again. Suen mm -hmm. doesn't understand the intricacies of how you <laughs> like the complicated in which ways and ways in which you can like talk to somebody and. Moiraine's getting a bunch of dresses and clearly setting something up, right? Yes, like she yes. was like, I'm going to order 20 dresses. So the tower thinks that I'm staying here, but she's like, hold on to the five writing dresses. Someone mm -hmm. will pick them up. Do not send them to me. Right. I'll, they'll be last or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. Yep. So yeah, she's laying plans. It's all very confusing. I can't care about it. Mm -hmm. Aside from to establish that I'm confused. <laughs> chapter 14. <laughs> uh, yeah. Chapter 14. <laughs> uh, oh, so... My first note for this chapter, which I don't think is exactly on the first page, but is LOL biofeedback, um, because we find out the specifics of not getting sweaty or cold. And it's oh, yeah. a very specific breathing pattern. It's um, that is actually used in meditation techniques. Like yes. Robert Jordan, again, did not invent this. This is basically biofeedback uh, and meditative techniques. So, like, yes. 
Hi, I see you, Robert Jordan. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'll take that, and I'll it's put it nothing in to here. do with the power. Here it is, which we knew because, well, I knew because I remembered from the books. We're not there yet, but anyway, don't I don't, remember. I, I didn't know because I don't remember. Yeah, I remember. Um, but yes, this is very much like based in Eastern meditative like mm-hmm. uh, techniques, and there's also we also get a note here of like the colors that are allowed, which is like yeah. again a little silly and a <laughs> like pretty like juvenile but yeah. okay right. uh oh i did like uh how on it's i think the third or fourth page moiraine is getting all of these invitations from carehan and nobles oh, yeah and she's throwing them into the fire and i'm and like, like that's a rand callback i know i straight up was like okay rand yeah exactly <laughs> that's what like you think but honestly also based on this you'd think like she would understand rand a little yes, better she would have more sympathy for him and yet like, she's such a jerk about it she literally is such a jerk about it right like like look at her in this book where she's like i just want to know things i just want to be in control of my own story like i just want to have the ability to do things and that's like what rand wants which 20 is like, years is not enough time not enough it's time not for enough to time. have become that person no. whatever but yeah big big rand <laughs> energy coming from there there's also like diwali essentially yes 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 east of lights instead of the <laughs> festival of lights okay robert Jordan. it's diwali yeah it's basically diwali <laughs> Which is like the one of the Hindu New Year celebrations. Yeah. And like, it oh, made right. me laugh so hard. I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, we also, so we get a little bit of a, like, where she's like learning how to be an Aes Sedai, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like getting her clothes. She's like, some things, <laughs> she's thinking about Suen and Suen, what's going on with, what's her name? Satalia. Yeah. Who Suen hates and is like really frustrated with for reasons that she's not quite revealing. And she's like, she's not allowed to reveal. And she actually has like a little fight with Moiraine about Moiraine asking questions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Little lover spat. Uh, And then Moiraine is like extremely bored doing clerical work as of course she would be. Yeah, she hates it. And she's like trying to like streamline the system and get the clerks to like do it her way and they won't. (laughs) really not she's like they it seems like they even like slow down and i have this moment where i was like everyone is so petty yeah it's super petty it's true everyone in this book is petty it's the petty tower um then we get this note about how they're one of the other accepteds elid Mm -hmm. uh fails to come out of the terangriel and it's I liked the line of the White Tower never flaunted its failures and a woman dying in her test would count it as a great failure on the tower's part because it does add to this idea of like, yeah, the tower is very PR driven. Yeah. So that also makes sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and then, you know, they're getting to know some of the other Aes Sedai. Well, Aleda leaves. Oh, right, Aleda leaves. Andor, That's right. Um, which is important. And, yeah, then it comes back to, like, this notion of, like, friendship and, like, they're getting to know Leanne again. And Did we miss the part where we find out that they got caught putting the mice in Aleda's bed? I might have skipped past they it. They might have skipped past it. Because that cracked me up, which is the, yeah. the night that they no, 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 passed their bed. That's later. That's later. Oh, it's later. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. That's with Kat Swain. Right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um. So, yes, we're getting this notion of, like, how you become friends with people. And mm-hmm. there's, like, a little bit of, like, I liked this notion of, like, um... 
Suen doesn't understand some of Moiraine's friendships, and Moiraine mm-hmm. doesn't really understand some of Suen's friendships, despite them being so close. Mm-hmm. We also get a little bit of like uh, the searchers that Tamara put yes. out finally yes. leaving the tower. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Moiraine is still having nightmares, possibly prophetic nightmares. Um, Suen is also starting to really in like look for maybe not look forward to but interested in the work she's doing mm-hmm. but to tell you that we're not entirely clear on like what it is yeah yep uh we find out Shariam passed her test which is good there's like a little bit of a throwback to the pie where like yes. they yeah. basically give someone food poisoning mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um <laughs> <laughs> there's like oh right there's this I this bit I think was interest or at least reinforcing a lot of things where they're saying like a bunch of accepted have passed the test in a very short amount of time yes um to be raised to Aes Sedai except that like and so they're like oh it's a resurgence except there's like no new novices are accepted to then take those places and right. so um and Moiraine is really thinking like this is the She's tower's a- gonna fail yeah she has a lot of anxiety around this specific thing of yeah. like not enough people co- which is great because that is a yes. good through line right yes. like that is now yeah that you can absolutely see the ramification of the person she is in the mainline series mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so then this i will say there were a few like actual out loud gasp moments mm. for me in this section and this was one oh yeah totally when they're like sitting in um uh in the, at breakfast and this I said I comes in and I like didn't I don't like I said I don't remember anything so no. I'm just like and I had this moment earlier while I was reading where I was like what happens with this like Amerlin? Like yeah. I don't remember. And then they're like, last night, Tamara Aspenya, Watcher of the Seals, the Flame of Tarvel, and the Amerlin Seat died in her sleep. And I was like, oh, yeah, same. What? Same. Yep. <laughs> and Moiraine, I actually really love this reaction and her sort of like frustration with her own reaction because her mm. immediate thought process is like, what does this mean for the search? What does this mean for me? Mm-hmm. How can I, like, maybe I can get out of this, like, thing with the new Amerlin? And she's like, oh, my God, like, who am I? Yeah. Basically. But that is a survival technique. Yes. Yes. I hate where that led to, though, because yes. this is when we get this weird penance where, like, the seamstress sent this dress along where something is weird about the embroidery. I don't really understand. I, it was very strange. But, like, whatever it is, Moiraine puts the dress on and is like, oh, my God, this is awful. And then she makes herself wear the this inappropriate, by her standards, dress to the funeral of this Amerlin, who she, like, respected and loved as, like, a mortification. And I'm like, this is... What? what yeah it was weird that was very strange i agree um but yeah so they have this like sort of uh they have the funeral and then we get Which, like, again we see in the show very much based on this mm-hmm. and then it's like very quickly like okay well moiraine says something she speaks which was mm-hmm. really nice yeah. Um, because she did. She really cared about this, Amerlin, and she yeah. really like respected her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's like very quickly a new Amerlin is raised. It's someone from the gray, Sarian, Sierran Vayu. 
Yeah, who like immediately is awful. She is supposed to hand out, you know, indulgences and she doesn't. And then she dismisses every male clerk in the tower, which is like a very red thing to do. And there is a mention of how like people were surprised that she chose the gray over Mm -hmm. the red. And she has like two red. She has a red keeper and a red Mm -hmm. mistress of novices. Like it's very, very strange. Yeah, it's Uh, super weird. It's super weird. And Moiraine is hoping that this Amerlin will let her not do the clerical stuff anymore. Um, So she goes to see her and asks, like, can can I not do this? And, of course, Siren is like, yeah, I don't even know why we're doing this in the first place. It's a ridiculous waste of coin. Like, you have to stay here, though. You can't you 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 don't have to do the clerk work anymore, but you can't go anywhere. We are going to we need you here. Essentially, I mean, she says, "Yeah, she says, like, sure, you don't have to do anything." And Moiraine's like, "Yes," and then she's like, mm, "But you'll stay here, obviously." Yeah, she's like, "God damn it!" And yeah. but the minute that happens, Moiraine is like, "Okay, well, now I'm gonna put my plan into action." Right? Yeah, I love this when she goes to find Suan and tells her, like, you know, I don't have to do the bounty anymore, but I have to stay here. And Suan's like, "What are you gonna do?" She's like, "I'm gonna go for a ride. I'll be I in know. the place. I'll see you later." I loved this, but it also made me a little sad in terms of of like how like, this is a moment where I was like you could have spent more time on this yes, yes. right because she's like uh so and absolutely understands what my rain is saying and she's mm-hmm. like the light protects you and so my rain just like gets into her writing dress like pulls some things together and there's one line like gathering her writing gloves she gave Sue a hug and hurried out long goodbyes would have turned to tears and she could not risk that so he gives us the explanation why yeah but I was like you have spent 200 pages yes telling us how much they love and care about each other and now moiraine is leaving on a journey where she literally does not know when she'll be back yeah or what's gonna happen to her or what's gonna happen and we get sort of like no actual dialogue about Mm. how the two of them feel about it right or just a moment there could have like one more paragraph of a moment Mm -hmm. about it part of it is because he knew that this wasn't gonna be a long separation yeah but we don't know no we don't know that like i was upset i was like i wanted a moment of catharsis for the two of them before they separate and go on right and given how much time like you said is spent on establishing that relationship it does feel very abrupt it's very very strange um and then we get this like this moment with edith who is the yes. the first selector slash sitter which i actually really liked mm-hmm. um where she's like <laughs> yeah if you're gonna go for a ride that's weird. I don't know what you're going to be looking at. Yeah. And Moiraine says, Siren has ordered me to remain in Tarvalin. Mm-hmm. And Edith clearly knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's like, well, but you're going to do it, obviously. Like, I'm not going to stop right. you from doing it. Right. And Moiraine's <laughs> like, I'm not crossing any bridges. <laughs> Like I just, I just don't want to get hit again. (laughs) So then she goes back to the bank uh, for some money and some letters. She's clearly very well prepared. Yeah, she goes. She gets an escort to go down to the docks, and Mm -hmm. she's like in. She's not visibly an Sedai at this point. She's dressed up just as like a wealthy woman. She's gone and like yeah, she went and picked up her dresses, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and she gets on this boat, and she. 
no this is where she she does notice the guy right yeah yeah so she she gets on the boat and they have just i think pushed off when she's looking back at the dock and sees this guy talking to the dock mistress and she like she recognizes him from the description of the banker of the guy who came to investigate her dollars and so she's just like so how fast is this boat <laughs> and you know is thinking like okay i have disobeyed the amerlin seat and there's an assassin on my tail like the adventures have begun but i love the I love the, it. The, the last line of this yes. chapter she was off on an adventure as grand as any ever undertaken by an eyes to die you're like oh girl <laughs> i love her so much she's so ready it's very Egwene in book one energy, actually. Like, I'm going to go on yeah. this adventure and you can't stop me. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Um, all right. Then we're back with Lan in a very, again. Oh, Lord. Like, this chapter, man. Rough stuff. So they're they're getting, <laughs> they're in Candor. Also, lol, title mention. <laughs> Sharpness of new strength. It's, it's in this chapter like four times. It really is. They're like really lean into like, hey, by the way, did you know where this title comes from? It's here. This is where it is. You're like, thanks. I got it. Thanks, bud. Thanks. Um, so they're like going through this gate. It's like another description of like a town that is like honor and blah, blah, blah. And like yeah. no, no dark friends, no shadow spawn. And like everybody's like staring at them because they know what the Hidori hairstyle and band means. We don't. They just keep saying everybody knows what this means. I'm like, okay, what does it mean? We do eventually find out. There is some like weirdness that Lan is noticing around the like, but we don't know. We'll we'll find out, but we don't really know what's going on. Yeah. Um. And they, so they go, they're like these guards at the gate and one of them recognizes Lan mm -hmm. and he's like the light preservist. We heard you were dead fighting the aisle at the shining walls. Um, it's this young guy and he bows to him and says, Taishar Malkir to, and like, I stand ready. Mm -hmm. and I was like, <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> you're not in your Hidori. You're not wearing your hair right. You're not in your right clothes. Like, you don't get to be Malkieri anymore, which is weird. Like, he's like the Malkieri police, apparently. Like yeah, it gets like very, I mean, I get it. They're like, Bukama is a traditionalist. Yes. Like, whatever. Um, but it's like a very weird, aggressive moment. And then yeah. it gets like, weird about Bukama, where like, yes. there's all these like politics involved with this lord who is there and yeah. where, what land standing is as mm -hmm. like not a king, you know, etc. Um, yeah, and he like Lan can't like do a thing about Bukama because he doesn't want to shame him. But then Bukama like apologizes and Lan is really surprised. And it's this whole like weird, yeah. I don't really understand the personal interactions happening. It's very strange. There's like some like uh there's a lot of like standing on ceremony mm -hmm. and there's like potential you might think the like Lan's like, am I gonna have to kill somebody here? Yeah. Like, the guards, like, uh, the head guard or whomever comes out and they have this, like, strange interaction. Like, it's it's so – it's such a stark departure from, like, there is anxiety and suspense and stress in Moiraine's chapters. Yeah. But these are just fucking maudlin. Yeah. It's just, like – I was just, like, where is – I get it. Like, that I, – I also think that's probably why Lan's POVs are so sparse because it's mm. just a lot of him being, like – It's heavy. The war, the king, the my standing as a person, blah, blah, blah. 
And so we have to wait to get to the action with him a little bit. I will say this just made me think of this. The Moiraine of New Spring is very much the Moiraine of the Wheel of Time show. The yes. land of New Spring is super not the land yes. of, like, at least not the land we've seen so far. Maybe Agreed. he gets lighter later, but I would be No, surprised. the land of the show is, I think, picking up on the teeny tiny cues we get of the land in the mainline series. Yeah, yeah. Like the moments. The, the stolen moments with Nynaeve where we get to see the personality come right. out. Right. Yeah, because he's so obsessed with appearance. Like, he's, he's like, weirded out that women are allowed to wear veils because, like, the tradition is nobody can have their faces covered in the borderlands because they're afraid of murdral. And, like, there aren't female murdrals, but, like, he's like, thinks it's stupid that, like, fashion is a thing. <laughs> and, like, it just, there's, everybody is so appearance obsessed and, like, yes. I feel I felt like I was back in the dress shop. I'm like, this is incomprehensible. I don't understand. It's just it's a lot. It's it's a lot without saying a lot. Yeah, is how it feels. Um, there's a little bit of him thinking about there are some Aes Sedai, and he's like, um, he knows that the Amarlin has died, so it's been a little bit of time at least. But then there's this notion of like. He says, supposedly, I said I asked before bonding a man, but he knew of several oh, who yeah, had this bond and every time it had come as a surprise. Yeah. And at first I was like, wait, so they were bonded without permission. But I think that sentence is meant to say that Lan was surprised that the person would have taken the bond. So I thought it meant that they were surprised at what the bond actually felt like or meant once oh. they were bonded. Like, not that they were surprised that they had been bonded, but, like, what the actual reality of being bonded was. But I think your interpretation is also potentially true. So, I, but I don't know. Anyway, it's, yeah. And and he's mad about that. <laughs> he's mad about everything. He's mad he's about a, everything. He's a very sulky land. And then we get this part where he theoretically could go to the court and, like, it, you know, be recognized for who he is, but he decides not to because he doesn't want to deal with the people's reactions to him. He doesn't want to deal with it. And there's like what struck me at the end of this chapter was the weirdness with Bukama because I didn't yes. understand I didn't understand where it came from. And I no. didn't like he says like um Lan is like trying to engage Bukama in conversation and he's like, well, giving his reasons for not wanting to go and blah blah blah. And uh, Bukama's not really reacting. And then he's like, Bukama followed without complaint about missing a palace bed or the feast the cooks would prepare. It was worrying mm -hmm. along with being his own edge. He needed to find a way to sharpen Bukama's. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, where did this come from? Yeah. Yeah. Or they might as well open their veins now. Like, was, like what? It was very, it just like, it feels like it escalated from something that yeah. and we missed the first part of the yes. story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was a little strange. Yeah, so then chapter 16, things get even more fucked up. Yeah, so they go to this inn called the Blue Rose. And they walk in and the the innkeeper's this woman uh, mm. comes up and she like looks at them and like gives them a sharp look and then walks up and just like kisses Bukama. Yeah, my my note here is like, dubious consent <laughs> that should be what the the title the of the chapter, chapter is. like it's like mm, mm. maybe you should get a yes yeah yeah and then yeah. she hits him yeah because this, he's been gone for six years and then she like trope. kisses him again like it's very that to me was just like tropey like old school well, tropey, yeah. right where True. it's like i love you i hate you like yes, whatever yeah. um 
it was it's the most minor part of the oh yeah consent in this hundred percent correct uh so we meet one of lan's old friends mm-hmm. ryan venomar yeah and he is Malkiri, but he's not doing the traditional thing yeah, he like has these long braids and they're like bells in his. Yeah, he wears bells like, in his. Sleeve. I'm like, all right, sure, whatever. That's what fashioned. Um, and this like woman, there's a strange weird yeah. where the like weird, the weirdness of the like sexual politics mm-hmm. in, this, in this place are not great because this woman comes over and I I feel like Barbara Jordan was like I'm being subversive like. Yeah. Look at- power the woman has i was tweeting about this because it feels like he's like feminism the women are the ones who are transgressively predatory and i'm like that ain't it buddy that's not what feminism is like this woman lyra is like propositioning rand and when he turns her down she bites his ear and is like too bad like you know she basically is like well i'm gonna sleep with you anyway and it's about like insult like he's like if he tries to say no now she might well pull a knife over the insult and you're like that's that's and, sexual assault, my friend. Yeah. And the dude is like, uh huh, still lucky with the ladies. And you're like, gross. This is Ew. all gross. Just yeah, like dude. very, very gross. Um, that's, not, that, that's not what and then consensual relationships look there's like. There's this part where Lynn's like, well, if we're going to do it, she's going to see what she gets. Oh, <laughs> what? It's such a mess. This it's such so a mess. It's weird. Um, and then we have the introduction of this, like, a, a, D, a Dane. Yeah. Right, Lady Arrol, who was mm-hmm. his first. There's some major grossness here. Yeah. Um, but so she is this woman who Lan knew from his past, his first love or whatever it was. Um and she's going around like raising the Malkieri standard. Yeah, which has not been happening. But Lan's like, well, she liked standing at the heart of the storm, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's all just like really weird and it really discomfits Lan. And so he has to, he's like, I gotta, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta see to my horse. Yeah. Gotta go check on Cat Dancer. <laughs> cat Dancer. <laughs> oh, Lord. So he goes out and the, the, the stable lady is like, I'm out. Bye. Um, yeah, and, he's like, mm. and he's like, oh man, did I scare her? Right. And then he does the flame in the void. I refer, I refuse to call it the Cody. I'm annoyed about yeah, it. Yeah. So um, he's like, Basically meditating, um, and we we get a little bit of his history again, which is like he's been given four gifts. He has the ring, the locket, mm-hmm. the sword, and the oath that was sworn in his name, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I will say, I I'm not I do appreciate understanding more about where like he comes from and getting more details about what it means to be Malkieri and the Hadori. And like I'm not anti that. I just no, I clear here. Like that is information I actually think is useful and interesting and like helpful to understanding land later on uh but there's also a lot of weird confusing stuff in here yeah and then this is where we get the description of like how young malkiri boys are basically like it was coerced into sex with older women he he's like the war was his alone the dead could not be returned to life a land any more than a man only now a day in arel wanted to try and there's this like emotional moment we get with Lan uh, where it's like she was his ew. I don't even want to say the word. I hate it. (laughs) Carnira, his first lover. 
A thousand years of tradition shouted that, despite the stillness that enveloped him. He had been 15, a Dane more than twice that. <laughs> I want to barf. That's disgusting. Yeah, it's it, very. And she like, she like parades him around and like. It's like so weird. I, I think my problem is not necessarily that like, like messed up consent traditions happen in sure. the world and in books like fine but i feel like the way jordan presents them is like not understanding that they're messed up yes does that like, make sense yeah like this is not present this is just presented as tradition yeah which doesn't make it okay, but it seems in the books that, like, nobody's gonna, like, think that there's anything wrong with this. Yeah. Which I'm not on board with. So there's, and, like, a lot of, like, honor and expectation wound yes. up in this woman. Yes. And then Bukama shows up to chat. And because then... So I found out that uh, this Dane is doing this thing, and he's, like, clearly trying to be very conscientious of the like basically like where a dane stands with lane with mm. lan and how mm -hmm. you have to be and how you talk about her because yeah. of her like weird fucked up relationship with lan yeah yeah and lan is like mad about it he's like i'm trying to figure this out like don't tell me what i already know and then six men try to kill lan and for reasons i don't understand bukama is not allowed to help and has to well, go hide in the he bar he doesn't have his sword so, but we know he can fight with his hands and his feet. Yeah, I know. But I feel so like why Lan's isn't like, Lan's like he doesn't have a sword. I'm just going to have to worry about it. I don't know. That didn't like bother me as much because I was like. But it says even if he, it, there's this line at his side stood Bukama bound by oaths that would not let him draw even had he been wearing his blade. Oh. So it's, it's like he's literally not allowed to fight because question mark. Oh, like I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. So. Huh. I don't I don't understand. Yeah, anyway, land kills them all. It's and uh, yeah. gets wounds, but it's fine. No, but it's also a really actually a very cool. It's fight a good scene. action sequence. Like, yeah. it's a good, not only is it a good action sequence, it's like cool prose. Yeah. Like I really liked how he wrote it with like the repetition and like the the flow of the sentences mm. were just like really poetic, but also like really exciting. I thought it was really neat. Mm. Like the choices he made, right? Like he has this line where it's like time slowed, flowed like cool honey. Time oh, yeah, that's honey, right. Which he repeats. Um, and it really gives this sense. It, it's it's a very poetic, like sort of beautiful way to like write a fight scene. Yeah. I really, I really appreciated it. And like Lan sort of like loses himself. Yeah. In that poetic language of for him, it's a, the poetic language of the movements. For mm -hmm. us, it's the poetic language of the the prose itself. And he loses himself, and then he comes out of it because he's like, in the stories, a man does not fight six men and live. Like in the stories, this doesn't happen. And then he comes out of it, and he's like, oh, I I did it. No, I think it's like only in stories only does in a man stories. fight. Sorry, like that. he's like yeah. he knows that like he's not going to. That's what I meant. Yeah. yeah, only in stories does a man face six men without an injury, etc. Um, and he comes out of it and is like, I, oh, <laughs> I, I, I did this. <laughs> did that. Yeah. And everybody is very, like, everybody comes out and sees what's going on. And like, you know, the, um, 
the inn mistress is like, oh, gangs of foot pads. Um, and his friend is like, mm, okay. Um, and he, he sort of like, and this also I kind of liked because we get we get Ryan introduced as someone who subverts the like uh, relationship Malkiari have with tradition, right? Yes, he yes. Sort of like changes that idea. So of course he's the one who comes out and is like, mm, actually, mm-hmm. kind of seems a little convenient. Yeah, that your yeah. old lady like needs you to maybe be dead for her ploy to work out. Right, like the first when she first started raising the standard was when we heard you were dead, and like she talked to these dudes. Like I saw her talking to these dudes, and they seemed to be into her. And mm-hmm. if you were dead, she could be the queen. I'm and just Lan saying. Is like Lan like shoots him a look. He's like, I, I mean, I'm not that I would. I'm just positing. <laughs> Uh, so then he and Bukama are deciding to go to Chachin to find Adine. Mm-hmm. And Ryan is like, I will go with you. Why not? Whatever. Um, sure. Okay. That's that's going to sound like a really <laughs> abrupt cut. And it's because we realized we're an hour and a half into this recording and we still have two whole chapters left to talk about and not ones that we want to sort of speed through because there's a lot that happens in them. Um, so this is going to be just 10 through <laughs> 16 teen instead of 10 through 18. Um, <laughs> that's what happens. We're just, that's what happens. Surprisingly, surprisingly, there's so much to say. <laughs> no one is surprised. No one is surprised. <laughs> So yeah, so we'll do we'll do chapters 17 through 26 next time, which should work out actually. I think is going to be fine page-wise. And I mean, famous last words, but we'll see. Well, so that's is that going to take us to the end? Yeah, that's the end. 26 that's is the end. That's it. So we'll finish up plus the epilogue. Plus the epilogue. Yeah. And apparently a pro Oh no, we're not going to do the prologue of Knife of Dreams. So, yes. No. No. No, not that. 17 through the epilogue next time. And these episodes will drop on every other Wednesday. You can keep an eye out for them on social media with the hashtag Tarvalin or Bust. Um, I, I sorry, I <laughs> I was like, where are we? Here we oh. are. Okay. Uh, and a huge thank you to Brian Dunn, fellow Wheel of Time fan and musician who created the amazing intro and outro tracks for this podcast. You can find more of his work at BrianDunnMusic.net. That's Brian with a Y and Dunn with two N's. And if you're enjoying the show, please do leave us a review and or rating on the podcast platform of your choice. I think you can do it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify now. And it does help other folks to find the show. But most importantly, we really love seeing those reviews come in and make us so happy. Because y'all are just so lovely. It's really fun to see what you're comparing. I love the comparison to like Usenet or like being in a basement. Like that's that is that is our vibe. (laughs) 100%. 100%. And then in between shows, you can find us other places you can find me on social media on twitter uh jen irl j-e-n-n-i-r-l also jen irl on tumblr and you can find me on instagram as i am jen irl um and you can find me on basically everything twitter tumblr instagram tiktok etc uh, at run with skizzers s-k-i-z-z-e-r-s as well as co-hosting Daisy geek girls along with sadhana krishna um and then you can find mostly us like having 
the sort of like Wheel of Time discussions on Twitter with the hashtag TarValinOrBust or on our Patreon, patreon.com slash TarValinOrBust, um, which you are welcome to come join the conversation. We love our patrons. So a huge, huge thank you to our patrons. Mellow Whale, Armand B, Ross P, Tobin T, Megan, David N, Ariel B, Amy A, Michael, Linnea M, Lindsay W, Julie, Danielle G, Dan B, John A, Clara H, Carly, Brendan O, Has Matilda, Mary G, Akil A, Gretchen W, Caroline P, Joe E, James K, Mathis, Joseph S, Brian M, Sarah Rebecca, Kelly T, Helen D, Joshua M, Michael D, Dre, M Lethem, Janae H, Jennifer P, Peace Vulcan, Rio Well, Christina G, Chaitali S, Charlie E, Arcade, Stephen S, James, Barry Q, Ruth A, Catherine, Jetlag Jessica, Sam S, David U, Amy R, Meridim, Mimi K, Amanda, Mark D, Heather J, Christina M, Malia H, Keith, Sirius G, Olivia K, Joshua S, Nicholas E, Michelle S, Michelle D, Danae, Destination Toast, MJ, Kat S, Jericho W, Saber Bouquet, Thomas K, Elizabeth F, Emily, Evans K, Ola J, Yulia S, Brian D. Now, this episode is not the ending. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the Wheel of Time, but it is an ending. Bye! Bye!